Ugh. All right, time to get into the meat of this episode, and we'll start with a fire at an Iranian battery plant. This is a short story. I have to keep a lot of the space open for the, the UN stuff with Zelensky and Biden as I cover their speeches, but we'll go over this this small little story here because we have a, there was a fire at an Iranian battery plant, and I found it particularly interesting, not because, oh, this is good for United States that Iran is having these issues. Uh, no, 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 none of that. But more so from a different perspective, the perspective that I gained very recently. Because I saw this story about this fire breaking out at this battery plant in Iran. And and this was a, a very large battery manufacturing facility, not like AA, AAA batteries, like the, the, the kinds of batteries you would put in a vehicle, you know, like big batteries. So I saw this. Yeah, there was a fire here. They, they managed to put the fire out relatively quickly, so not not too much damage was caused, if I'm not mistaken. And this military facility, and which uh, actually, uh, as a side note, that's something I've noticed about Iran. They, they have lots of industry, but a lot of it's military. And I'm thinking back to that drone facility that got bombed a while back uh, a few, I say a few, uh, many months ago. But yeah, back to the story. This facility, making these large bombs, a, a fire started here. They managed to put it out. And is it industrial sabotage yet again? I would believe it. I, I, like, I, I honestly, either that or the batteries are just, uh, they just suffer from the same problem that a lot of these electric vehicle batteries do, where they, a single problem, a, a single fault within the battery itself and the chemicals start to mix and then you get these big chemical fires that don't die away until essentially uh the entire battery has consumed itself it could be that it could be that and then considering it's a battery plant you have a, a chain reaction from one battery to the next and it just becomes a really big problem that could be the case could be the case uh can't put it past the, the technology itself that's a, a kink of the technology but we also can't underestimate the possibility, again, citing that drone, that, that attack on their drone plant a while ago, we can't downplay the possibility that this too was industrial sabotage. Like, Iran has it rough. <laughs> I'll say it. We would not tolerate half of what Iran has to tolerate. I'll say that much. So is this industrial sabotage? Maybe. Perhaps. Perhaps it is. Perhaps not. But if it is, yet another case for war against Israel and the United States. But anyways, the fire at the plant were extinguished. And in light, uh, in light of that massive deposit of lithium that we discovered in the Rockies, when I read this story, I saw dollar signs. Because the first thing that came to my mind when I was reading this was, oh my goodness, what if we had a trade deal with Iran? Specifically, where the lithium used in those batteries was supplied by us. What if we had that deal? What if we had that deal with not just Iran, but with China? China's a massive producer of uh, electric vehicles and electric vehicle components and car parts in general. But we're just focusing on the electric vehicles here. <laughs> What if the lithium was supplied by us? 
granted the Chinese don't necessarily need the extra lithium, they have a lot and they have deals with other countries, but exactly that, they have deals with other countries to get the lithium. Why can't we have a deal too? We have this massive lithium deposit. Let's get a deal too, shoot. And then we benefit from their manufacturing of electric stuff, electric vehicles and massive batteries. Why not? And it just, man. I'll take a step back because I obviously know I'm getting ahead of myself here because we we aren't even mining that lithium yet. But but just think of all the crazy things we could get up to if we changed our outlook on the world. Uh, specifically changed away from being the world's policeman to being that of the world's businessman. We can make that change. And there's so much more benefit to that than we're going to go fight a war with China because China's the real enemy. We're going to contain Iranian aggression. And uh, we're going to... We're going to do this, that, and the third with Russia. We're going to turn the ruble into rubble. Uh, oh, how well that worked out. I mean, shoot. So many opportunities. So many opportunities. I mean, just think about American energy independence and how how we could have played that forward. Because we were energy independent right at the end of the Trump years. So imagine the continued expansion of American energy production especially since he lifted the export ban on American energy. So they were able to sell onto the world market. I say it all the time. Imagine if we were energy independent when the war in Ukraine first broke out and oil shot up to $100 a barrel, which is roughly where it's at now. We would have been making money hand over fist. We would have had the best of all worlds. The people here in the United States would have massive savings on their bills because they wouldn't be paying an arm and a leg for gas at the pump because we would be producing so much. There would be a glut of oil in the United States. Energy bills would be down because we'd have so much natural gas. Fracking, uh, specifically the shale in the United States, produces lots of natural gas as a byproduct. So we'd have cheap fuel, cheap energy, and Americans would benefit and all the surplus production could then be sold to other countries at $100 a barrel. $100 a barrel. And then the businesses are making massive money because once you get to that point in within the country and you know, the prices just come down because there's so much supply, well, it kind of hurts business. It forces uh, you to tighten the belt a little bit. But if you can sell your excess to the world market, well, shoot. Now you can make up for that, especially if the international price is high. So the businesses make money, the people save money. And since we're talking international trade, the federal, the government makes money from the sale of that oil to foreign countries. Everybody wins in the United States. And it would, it's, we would be thanking OPEC for cutting production and trying to raise the price again as it came down. And it would have come down faster if America was in active participant in selling oil in the international market. Had they still cut oil, I mean, we're not a member of OPEC, so we wouldn't have cut our production. As a matter of fact, our production would continually be increasing to attempt to catch up to international demand, and we'd be selling it for an arm and a leg. 
and it would be the rest of the world who had to eat the loss and we would just be making hand over fist we would be doing for ourselves using our own energy what india is doing india and china have been doing with russian energy where they they buy the russian energy on the cheap and then sell it back to the world market specifically europe at market price <laughs> it still impresses me that they did that uh but we could have been doing that with our own energy selling it on on the market at market price a hundred dollars a barrel let's get it cough it up or you wouldn't want to freeze this winter but yeah we could be doing that and we could have made massive inroads i i there's another there's another example uh even before the war in ukraine i was talking about how with that trade war that happened between canada not 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 canada i meant to say china between china and australia where china basically embargoed imports of australian coal well china's a massive coal importer and a massive coal consumer america is a massive coal producer so if china is going to stop importing coal from australia well that means there's a major gap to be filled by guess who american coal workers and then you give well-paying jobs to people in america i mean it's not like we're going to use the coal we're moving on to oil and natural gas because we have so much of it but shoot don't let a good thing go to waste we have this massive coal industry and you have these massive coal consumers in africa china india sell the coal get the deal instead of going oh they're our enemy we're not gonna do and then and then they 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 bitch and they moan and complain where it's like oh russians are building energy pipelines into china and and they're gonna become china's gas station it's like dude just get the deal it doesn't matter what they're doing with each other get in on the take get on the take they're they're buying energy and fuel products they're buying propane and propane accessories now are we going to sell the propane and the propane accessories or are we going to sit and watch other people sell the propane and the propane accessories because i want to sell it <laughs> but yeah it's this wonderful new outlook on things which granted now that i'm reflecting on it really isn't new but we have another dimension because now instead of coal instead of just oil and natural gas now we're talking rare earth specifically lithium we have the lithium to sell to the major electric vehicle producers of the world china a little bit of germany insert country here who also does electric things we have the lithium and then as we get deals with other countries and selling the lithium to them and here iran would be a, a great candidate to be selling our lithium to as you sell the lithium to foreign countries who are producing um electric uh parts and equipment that required the rare earth for their batteries you build demand for american lithium so that your companies extracting the lithium in america can expand naturally through their linkages that they have to other countries and then as you expand production now you're you invest in refining capabilities so now you can refine the lithium uh so they they're not just selling a raw material they can send the lithium that they mine 
as they expand their mining capacity, they can send the additional capacity to the refineries. And the refineries can turn the lithium into little, a little bit more usable stuff, which can then be sold at a higher price. So it's this major investment that then becomes a positive feedback loop in the American and then the global economy. Like when we start thinking about deals instead of the enemy, there are a lot of opportunities out there for America in the multipolar world. We do not need to die on the hill of the West and on Western solidarity. And I'll get into that in the special at the the anniversary segment at the very end of the episode. But stay tuned for that. But yeah, just just a thought, you know, just just thought. But uh, yeah, back to our regularly scheduled programming of we hate Iran and Iran is such a danger to the United States and the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Don't don't worry, don't worry, folks. That although that radical stuff I was talking, you don't have to worry about that anymore. We're getting back on track now, and there's going to be plenty of anti-Iran right here in this next segment when we talk about Biden's speech to the UN. But before that, we got to talk about Zelensky's speech to the UN. So we'll get into that in uh, just a moment. This segment was taken from my podcast, This Week in Geopolitics. I have new episodes every Monday, so if you like what you heard, consider giving me a follow. Thanks for listening, and hopefully I'll see you next time. Servus.